Welcome to episode 241 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about March 2023. The month started out with a bang when Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson tens of thousands of hours of footage from January 6th. Carlson presented some of the evidence on a Monday episode showing the dude with the horn hat, the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, being escorted around by the corrupt Capitol Hill police as he wandered the Capitol. At no time did any of them attempt to stop or arrest him. On the contrary, they opened doors for him. He was sentenced to 41 months in federal prison for obstructing an official proceeding. Three weeks after the airing of the video, Chansley was released from prison to a halfway house. How many other nonviolent protesters from two years ago are still being held in American gulags on similar trumped-up charges? In addition, the video footage showed Officer Brian Sicknick looking completely unscathed. As I put it on Facebook, another day, another conspiracy theory debunked. Remember Capitol Hill Police Officer Brian Sicknick? You know, the one that every national Democratic leader, including resident Biden, and every member of the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media told us was killed by the MAGA insurrectionists. We were told time and again that he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher by those disgusting democracy-killing deplorables, when in reality he died of natural causes on January 7th. He can be seen clearly in the videos of that day, walking around the Capitol with a helmet on, making it particularly difficult to die from a blow to the head. But the Capitol Hill police, who report to the Speaker of the House, are not subject to FOIA requests. They hid the autopsy report long enough for a state funeral at the Capitol, where all the Democrats and establishment Republicans could be seen mourning the death of a man at the hands of Trump supporters. All of it was a lie. By the way, if you'd like a deep dive into the Brian Sicknick fiasco, check out episode 140. You have to understand that all of these debunked conspiracy theories about COVID, January 6th, the economy, the border, and voter fraud is water under the bridge. See, they serve the purpose that they were there for. Now when they are exposed as lies, propaganda, and gaslighting, the National Democrats yawn. They got what they wanted. Totalitarian control and record profits for Big Pharma, persecution and prosecution of Trump and his supporters, more money printing, more future Democrat voters, and Biden in the White House. Tucker Carlson, of course, promised to bring more footage in the coming days. The National Democrats, now known as the Doomsday Cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, lost their collective minds when Tucker showed the footage. They were in full meltdown. They have had free reign to lie, gaslight, and propagandize the American people for years. Now that a little sunlight is allowed in, their heads are exploding. They cannot believe that the truth is being told. It is incomprehensible to them. Just listen to their words. Chuck U. Schumer called for the censorship of Tucker Carlson on the Senate floor in the days after the release of the footage. Republican Senators Romney, McConnell, and Tillis similarly called for censorship of the video release. These people are totalitarians. They cannot leave us alone. They cannot let us live our lives with our God-given and constitutionally protected rights. Not a single one of these sociopaths who are screaming about Tucker Carlson's publishing of the raw footage from January 6th have claimed that the footage is fraudulent. They never dispute the accuracy of the video. They just require more censorship. Question. 
What kind of kept men like Romney, McConnell, Tillis, and Schumer protest like little bitches when raw footage of a crime scene, supposedly crime scene, is released to the public? Answer, those who have a vested interest in destroying MAGA, which the gaslighting portrayal of January 6th as an insurrection is the last best hope they have, especially after the whole Russia collusion hoax was exposed and their man in the White House is obviously compromised by the Chinese Communist Party for real. The little bitches doth protest too much, methinks. To date, Tucker has offered no more footage to his audience, nor has he explained why that is. Clearly, Fox News management, i.e. the Murdochs, have gotten the message from our corrupt congressional representatives, no more videos. Tell me, how is the censorship, false imprisonment, use of the legal system as a weapon, the dual justice system, and show trials any different from the former Soviet Union? Speaking of January 6th, false imprisonment, use of the legal system as a weapon, and the dual justice system and show trials, Revelations of the sheer number of FBI informants involved in the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot shook a trial of members of the Proud Boys during the month, as one FBI informant had even infiltrated the defense team. At least 10 informants now known to have been involved in the Proud Boys, more than twice the number of defendants who are on trial. If you're interested in a deep dive into the January 6 fiasco, check out episode 172. Continuing the theme of government corruption, false imprisonment, use of the legal system as a weapon, the dual justice system, and show trials, the restricting the emergence of security threats that risk information and communications technology act, ooh, that's a mouthful, or the restrict act, was proposed in Congress during the month. It's framed as the ban TikTok act but actually has little to do with TikTok and everything to do with controlling online content. It basically puts the federal government, I think it's the Department of Commerce, an unconstitutional federal agency, in control of what you and I can see and read online. Think of the Restrict Act as the Patriot Act and the Alien Sedition Act all in one. It erases the First Amendment. The bill is sponsored by freedom and speech hater Democrat Senator Mark Warner and Republican Senator Tom Thune, who was either bamboozled into co-sponsoring this bill, or he hates you and me and our ability to exercise our God-given and constitutionally protected right to speak freely. Other Democrats who support the bill include Fisher from Nebraska, Moran from Kansas, Sullivan from Arkansas, Collins from Maine, Romney, of course, Moore from West Virginia, Kramer from North Dakota, Grassley from Iowa, Tom Tillis, of course, from North Carolina, and Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Graham made a complete ass of himself by going on the Jesse Waters show on Fox just a few days ago. When asked by Waters why he supports a bill that is a clear violation of the First Amendment, he told Jesse that he would have to get back to him on that. This will be a big story in April and likely the topic of my next podcast because it's so outrageous. As the month ended, a Manhattan grand jury indicted former President Donald Trump in connection with so-called hush money payments to Stormy Daniels in 2016. The felony indictment was filed under seal by the corrupt George Soros-funded Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who ran for election in that city on the promise of getting Trump. Both Alan Dershowitz and Jonathan Turley called the charges against Trump complete garbage. 
By the time this episode airs, Trump will have surrendered and faced arraignment in New York City. I want to share with you my thoughts that I jotted down prior to the indictment being handed down to give you a sense of how this unfolded throughout the month. It is said that anyone with half a brain can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich because it's a non-adversarial presentation of the prosecution's case to 16 or 20 members of the grand jury. There's no defense attorney, no rebuttals or responses, just here's our case, do you vote to indict so we can arrest the person or not? It doesn't even need to be unanimous. I guess Alvin Bragg doesn't have half a brain and Trump is no ham sandwich. Bragg was probing Trump over an alleged misclassification of a hush money payment to adult performer Stormy Daniels over an alleged affair. A day after I jotted down those thoughts, Bragg, of course, indicted Trump. I guess he got the last laugh. My guess is the holdout members of the grand jury were convinced that it is in their and their family's best interest to vote the correct way, because prior to the announcement, Bragg was not able to get them to go through with the show trial. The level of corruption by national and prominent Democrats to get Trump, censor the truth, and crush the opposition is truly remarkable. The doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, is so corrupt. The average person cannot understand that level of dishonesty and deceitfulness. There is so much unconstitutional power at stake that these cult members will do anything to stop their opposition. That includes committing mass voter fraud in multiple locations, as well as persecuting and prosecuting their political opponents. They would rather the country collapse than give up power. They actually think that tarring and feathering, indicting, arresting, convicting, jailing Trump will keep him from winning the presidency. According to his campaign, he secured $4 million in donations in the 24 hours after the indictment. A post-indictment poll shows a massive surge in support for President Trump. Everyone can see the politics of persecution, and nobody likes it. Another big story from March 2023, with even farther-reaching implications, is the first bank failures in the United States since 2008. Check out episode 239 for a deep dive into this whole scenario, but here's a little background. The first to fall was Silicon Valley Bank, SVB. Federal officials ignored federal law and FDIC guidelines as they unilaterally decided to back all depositors in CVB following the institution's collapse. As you likely know, federal law only guarantees deposits up to $250,000. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen approved measures to resolve the failure of the tech lending bank. She then lied and said that the move did not constitute a bailout and would not cost U.S. taxpayers anything. California Governor Gavin Newsom praised the Biden administration for covering all depositors at the collapsed Silicon Valley Bank despite the $250,000 cap. Newsom failed to mention, however, that his own wineries benefited from the administration's illegal bailout. As much as $13 billion in federal bailout money went to just 10 account holders at the defunct bank. According to economist Peter St. Unger, it's the rich with money in Silicon Valley Bank that are the real winners in Biden's handling of the California-based bank collapse. I would add, it's rich Democrats who are the real winners. St. Unger went on to explain the obvious. Ultimately, the federal government's action to protect Silicon Valley depositors probably will result in higher inflation. He said, quote, I think we're likely to see a lot more inflation. No shit. Vivek Ramaswamy, who recently announced he is running for president as a Republican, said that the Silicon Valley Bank should not be bailed out, but allowed to fail. 
The Biden administration's decision to save the bank in order to keep America's wider banking sector safe is nothing but crony capitalism. First Republic, the 14th largest U.S. bank by assets, got bailed out as well, this time by larger banks. Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Citigroup each offered to contribute $5 billion of liquidity to assist First Republic Bank, which is heavily involved in wealth management and has many customers with deposits exceeding the $250,000 threshold protected by the FDIC. Finally, regulators announced the closure of New York's Signature Bank, which held significant crypto stakes. Again, the federal government says all depositors will be guaranteed, again violating federal law, marking the third largest bank failure in U.S. history. The bank has been placed in receivership under the Fed's Emergency Lending Authority, the FDIC. Now, let me ask you a question. If these banks are so heavily regulated by the federal government, why were they allowed to have, quote, significant crypto stakes, end quote? Then President Biden and know-it-all Grandma Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen assured the world that the banking system is safe. Rule of thumb for all leaders of nations. If you have to comment about your banking system, good or bad, it's bad. A quick note why at least two of these three banks failed. They failed because they held too many U.S. treasuries, whose value plummeted as rates have increased. What, you say? How can a bank fail when they own the most secure asset in the world, right? We've been told for decades that U.S. Treasury bonds are just that. The simple answer is, that's a lie, just like everything else the government says. Secondly, with the Federal Reserve manipulating interest rates, holding them at damn near zero for over a decade, while the Treasury issues trillions of dollars of bonds, adding some $6 trillion to this money supply, causing prices to skyrocket with a 40-year high inflation rate, at some point, the chickens come home to roost. Suffice it to say, interest rates are rising, and the bonds, supposedly the most secure investments on the planet held by these banks, are going down in value. Thus, the bank failures. Again, please listen to episode 239 for a deep dive. Just understand that the federal government, Congress, the presidents, the Treasury, the Federal Reserve, all are responsible for this problem. The former authorized issued, and spent the money. The Federal Reserve printed the money. There are no adults in our federal leadership. We are screwed. Speaking of getting screwed, the inflation numbers for February came out at 6% year over year. Shadow Stats has the real rate of inflation at around 14%, as everyone who buys groceries and gas is well aware. If you think inflation is out of control now, wait until Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, Argentina, Mexico, Nigeria, and others join the BRICS alliance, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, and South Africa. Say night-night to the United States' ability to bully nations over the planet because the petrodollar has been broken and we just printed $6 trillion over the last four years. Check out episode 191, The Truth About the Petrodollar, for more details on that. In a directly related story, it looks like China is going to try to broker a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine, while douchebags like Biden, Blinken, Lindsey Graham, every national Democrat, and GOP warhawks claim that there's no diplomatic solution without Russia's complete withdrawal from Ukraine. How arrogant and pompous must one be to refuse to negotiate on behalf of another country halfway around the planet? They're trying to start World War III. 
With billions in dollars in equipment flowing to Ukraine to fight the proxy war with Russia and start World War III, and billions bailing out banks, there still has been no federal aid for the people of East Palestine, Ohio, and the surrounding area after the devastating Norfolk Southern train derailment and subsequent toxic pollution event last month. I will be the first person to call for an end to all federal aid and the abolishment of every climate or environmental-related federal agency, but for the love of all things sacred, these assholes in D.C. can't find a dime to help these people? Of course not, because that entire region voted some 80 or 90 percent for Trump. It's political persecution by the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party. These people are sick and evil. Tennessee Republican Governor Bill Lee signed two pieces of legislation into law during the month to protect children. One law bans subjecting children to sex change treatments and makes it illegal to give children cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. The other law bans adults from impersonating the opposite sex in a sexually suggestive way in public or near where children could see it. A 28-year-old woman who identified as a transgendered man murdered six people at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. The shooter who attended the school was taken out by two Nashville police officers. Authorities described the shooting as a targeted attack and found a manifesto in the home of the shooter, which as of this recording has not been released. She lived at home with her mommy and daddy and had no job. The left and the mentally ill, violent trans radicals blamed the Tennessee law that I just mentioned for the reason for the shooting. I don't know about you, but any time a legislative body passes a law I don't agree with, the first thing I think about is going to a Christian school and killing people. Talk about evil and sinister. I, I don't even know how to describe these people anymore. I don't know why it's so difficult for society to have a rational conversation about the issue of transgenderism. It's a mental illness. It's called gender dysphoria. If you had a friend that had anorexia, would you encourage them to continue vomiting up their meals, or would you encourage them to get help? Can someone tell me what's the difference here? Other than the fact that there's no crazed anorexic movement calling for violence against people who want to get them help. When someone is already suffering from a mental illness that goes untreated and is encouraged and celebrated by others, how surprised should we be that some of these people take their own life or the lives of others? Speaking of the violent trans movement, the Trans Resistant Network openly called for violence due to, get this, the genocide of transgender people in America. Are you aware of a genocide going on in America? Me neither. I don't think they have anything to worry about as far as federal law enforcement. They'll get the same treatment from the DOJ and the FBI as Antifa rioters and pregnancy crisis center bombers have received. When you can't win an argument on its merits, the only thing you can do is close your eyes and plug your ears, or in the case of the left-wing mob in America, riot, threaten, foment violence, and have social media censor anyone who calls you out for your mental illness, stupidity, ignorance, inanity, and violation of laws. Speaking of the violent transgender agenda, the openly gay violence-invoking city-killing mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, lost her job. Lightfoot, one of the most disgusting and despicable prominent Democratic politicians in recent memory, received a meager 17% of the vote. She is so thin-skinned and pathetic that she blamed the boot in her ass on racism. Of course, what else is she going to say? Her record as mayor is abysmal. How can you get reelected on the mantra of, you want more of what I gave you, when what I gave you is more crime, more murder, less prosecution of criminals, 
Heavy gun restrictions on law-abiding citizens? An economy on the rocks as employers flee the city? Good riddance. She'll likely end up as governor of that godforsaken state at some point anyways. During the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, President Donald Trump vowed he would obliterate the deep state if elected president. He won 60% support in the straw poll. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis received 20%. Trump pledged, quote, in 2016, I declared I am your voice. Today I add I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and portrayed, I am your retribution. Circling back to Governor Gavin Newsom in California, who claims to be a Catholic, he said during the month that his state would cut ties with Walgreens following the drugstore's chain's announcement that he would not break state laws by selling abortion pills in nearly two dozen states. Newsom said, quote, California won't be doing business with Walgreens or any company that cowers to the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. We're done. Newsom said California won't renew the $54 million contract with Walgreens. Newsom has been aggressively in favor of abortion in his term as governor. In 2022, he used taxpayer dollars to encourage citizens in red states to travel to California to kill their baby. What we continue to witness from the left when it comes to the lust for the murder of innocent babies in the womb is nothing short of demonic. Because Walgreens will not sell a drug that kills innocent babies in the womb, the state of California withdrew a multi-million dollar contract from the company. I'm telling you, the devil is alive and well in the California governor's mansion and in the California legislature. The House Oversight Committee issued a memo alleging that an energy company linked to the Chinese Communist Party funneled more than $1 million in payments to at least three members of President Biden's family from 2015 to 2017. The memo reads in part, quote, the committee is concerned about the national security implications of a president's or vice president's immediate family members receiving millions of dollars from foreign nationals or companies without any oversight, end quote. Haley Biden, Beau Biden's widow-turned-lover of Hunter, got some of the dough as well. I posed this question on Facebook. Curious what all the unprincipled Trump-hating shit-talkers would say if a company run by Eric Trump received several million dollars from Chinese companies, and then Eric's company turned around and distributed money to various members of the Trump family. Replace the words Eric and with Hunter, and the words Trump with Biden, and you've got yourself a real-world scenario. I hope you listeners understand that Biden is a foreign agent of China, meaning he and many members of his family have benefited financially from Chinese quote-unquote business arrangements over the last 20 years with a series of hunters' companies. And that's the truth about March 2023. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share episodes with your friends. 